Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, everyone, to the September 16th episode of the Bacon Bets podcast. And right now, what you're listening to is our win song. For those of you who followed me for a while, you know this is my win song, 13-3. and In week one of the NFL, I think my best NFL betting weekend of all time. Let's celebrate. Now, am I going to get a copyright strike for using this song? Probably. I definitely don't have the rights for it, but it's worth the risk after a 13-3 week. But now we start all over because it's week two. I love the slate, which also then kind of makes me concerned. So we're going to get into the picks here in a second. Really quick, as I always do, let's go over uh, the week one picks here. Um, great week, 13-3. I think it's the best week I've ever had, um, especially with week one, because week one is always a crapshoot, but I'm very happy with how I handicap things. Now, some people might come on this podcast after going 13-3 and and declare themselves the greatest sports better alive. I'm not going to do that. I've been in this business too long, and you all know my motto, gambler giveth, gambler taketh away so I went 13 and 3 this week I would not put in it past me going 3 and 13 some other week so uh, let's hold off until we get a little bit uh, later in the uh, season before we celebrate too too much here um, but now that I am in the states I do have Venmo I know some there were some people that wanted to know if they could tip me I would never ask you to do that uh, I would never make you feel obligated to do that I will never charge for my picks but if you tailed my picks last week if you had a huge winning week if you if you want to tip, my Venmo is Ian Mac thirty five I A I N M A C thirty five I A I N M A C thirty five. But like I said, don't feel obligated whatsoever. But now that I'm in the states, I have Venmo, so it's an option. Um, also, this podcast is ad free for the time being, um, so that option is there for you. But really quick, uh, week one results. I'm happy with every how everything went. I mean, if you're going to go 13-3, it's not just that you did a good job handicapping. You had to have some luck on your side as well, and obviously there were a few spots where I had some luck. The three losses I had, Seattle, Indianapolis, over 50, that was a loss. Uh, that was actually looking pretty good, and then I don't think there were any points scored in the fourth quarter, so that one died in the fourth quarter. Minnesota, minus three. Um, very strange result in that game. I was pretty confident about that Vikings pick. Went into overtime, they made the comeback, forced overtime. Even I would have taken a field goal at that point. Uh, Vikings field goal for the win, which would have pushed. Um, but, of course, the Bengals went on to win the game, so that was a loss. And then my only other loss was Washington against the Chargers, and that was not a pick I, I felt really confident with anyways. Obviously, in hindsight, I would have liked to take the Chargers. But other than that, happy with how everything else went. Arizona, my money line underdog of the uh, week, hit. Easy. That win was never in doubt, and that game went exactly how I predicted. There were also a few games um, that I predicted pretty close uh, to perfection. 
Teddy covers, covered again. Teddy Bridgewater covered again uh, as a starting quarterback in the NFL. We'll get to that in a bit. And uh, the Raiders on Monday night, plus four and a half. Looked bad there in the first half, came back in the second half, and then the wild ending, of course, for anyone who watched the game. Uh, but we walked away with the win there. Kind of wish I took money line on it, but obviously in hindsight, it's 2020. So I don't have too much to, to go over because usually I like to kind of go over the results a little bit more when I have a bad week because then I can kind of look at what I did poorly but uh when you're 13 and 3 if i just go over every pick then it's just going to sound like i'm I'm patting myself on the back and i don't want to do that uh, anymore because then i'm going to curse myself and then i hit a cold streak but i will say i am happy because we are betting on all 272 games and i've given myself a little bit of a buffer so this week i'm plus 9.31 units i remember in last week or in week one last year I was down a little bit at the start, so it's nice to have a nice little buffer to play with. I can have a couple of losing weeks and still be completely all right. Um, but the goal is to have a winning week every single week. So let's continue now. If there's anyone new listening to this show um, after this uh, past week, don't think I'm going to go 13-3 and every single week. I certainly 100% will not, so don't be putting a ton of money down on my picks because you saw I went 13-3 and last week. Uh, that's not going to be the case every week. My goal every week is to be profitable. Of course, I'd like to go 13-3 and every week. I'd like to go 16-0 and every week, but it's just, it's, it's just not going to happen, um, but I will try to be profitable every single week. Um, I just don't want you to toss a bunch of money down because you think I'm a football genius. Good week one. Let's hope it continues. Um, but I am not some kind of fortune teller that's going to go 13 and three every week. But with all that being said, 16 games on the board week two, I have my bet locked in for every single one of them. Let's get into it. Let's get into the September 16th episode of the bacon bets podcast. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right. As always, we're going to start with the Thursday night football game. We are getting treated to a classic Thursday night football game in week two between two teams that nobody gives a shit about, two crap teams. Um, but it's happening, so we got to bet on it. Washington, the Washington football team against the New York Giants. I'm going to take the under in this one. I got under 40 and a half at minus 108 insanely low number i wish i got it at the opening number of 42 and a half but as you all know to be as fair as possible um i don't try to go for closing line value i lock in all my bets right before i start recording the podcast to be as fair as possible i don't want to lock in a bet monday and then you guys aren't listening to this till thursday morning and the line has already moved two points i don't think that'd be fair so i am as fair as possible i lock in my bets wednesday night right before recording on under 40 and a half juice is minus 108 I've gone back and forth on this because every time I think I want to back the Giants, I think about the Washington defensive line against this Giants offensive line. Um, and then every time I, wa- I think I want to back Washington, I remember that it's Taylor Heineke that's starting for them at quarterback. If it was Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'd feel a lot better at Washington minus three, but I just don't know what we're going to get from Heineke. Now, Washington ran the ball. I think the, the I think they had the second highest rush play percentage in the NFL in week one and the Giants gave up a ton of yards to the Broncos on the ground so if I had to pick a spread I would go Washington um, but I, I just don't know what Taylor Heineke is going to do especially prime time football young quarterback unproven quarterback prime time football who knows what's going to happen I do think both these offenses kind of stink though 
Um, and I know that the Washington defense is one of the best in the NFL, so I'm going to take the under. I'm not too scared of the, of the low total. Washington only scored 20 against the Chargers. Giants only scored 13 against the Broncos last week. Both their games hit the under. Both defenses are better than their offenses. Now, I will tell you, if you're going to tail me on this one and take the under, this is not going to be a fun bet to cheer for. Prepare for a grind, because with the total only being a 40.5, it could be looking good like halfway through the fourth quarter and then just like two quick touchdowns kills it the this under will not be over until the until the final whistle is blown under 45 and a half 40 and a half is never 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 safe no matter what point of the game it could be zero zero at halftime and the over could still hit so it's going to be a grind of a bet i think it's the right one to make on thursday night though give me the under 40 40 and a half minus 108 between washington giants next i think this is my favorite bet of the week it is my favorite bet of the week I don't want the juice that I got on this, um, but it is Saints minus three. The juice is minus 125, uh, but that's what I'm seeing at my two books, so I had to take it at that juice, but Saints minus three, at least we're not getting it without the hook, I suppose. Um, but I'm going to repeat a lot of the things I said last week when I took the Saints against the Packers. Nobody in the offseason was talking about the Saints defense. Everyone brought up the Ravens and the Rams and the Steelers, but the Saints defense allowed the third fewest points last season, second fewest yards per game. And then they just held the reigning MVP in the Packers offense, which was the either highest or second highest scoring offense last season, to three points in week one. And now you're making that same Saints team only a three-point favorite against Sam Darnold and the Panthers? That makes no sense to me. Now, if there's such thing as a trap line or a fishy line, this might be it. This might be the trap line of the week, but I don't believe in trap lines. This seems too obvious. I, I don't think sports books trust Jameis Winston yet. I do. I like Jameis Winston. He was one of my MVP picks before the season. Looked great in week one. Didn't turn the ball over. Um, I'm putting my Falcons fandom aside here because I'm supposed to hate the Saints. But with Jameis at quarterback, I think the Saints are going to be a fantastic football team this year. Minus three against Sam Darnold and the Panthers, who could barely beat the Jets in week one. Easy pick, give me Saints minus three against the Panthers. Someone's yelling outside my window. That's New York for you, baby. Uh, Texans-Browns. I'm going with the over 48 at minus 112. I hate double-digit spreads in the NFL, and there's three this week. This is one of them. Way too many opportunities for a backdoor cover in the NFL with a double-digit spread. I have to take the over here in this one instead. The Browns averaged the most yards per play in week one at 8.2. The Texans were 13th in yards per play in week one against Jacksonville at six. I mean, the Browns are definitely going to score. There's no question about that. The Texans have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. So the Browns and their offensive line should run all over them. My only concern with taking the over is I don't know what's going to happen with the Texans. I didn't expect much. I was on them in week one. Didn't expect much from them. But but Terod Taylor did look impressive. 21 for 33, 291 yards and two touchdowns. That's not bad. Brown's defense is better than the Jaguars' defense, though, so it's it's tough. I do think this lower is total, or yeah, I think the total is lower than it should be because last year when these two teams played, the game was 10-7. I think that kind of fed into the line a little bit here, but I am going to go with the over 48. I think the Browns score at will. I think I think the Texans score enough, especially late in the game, uh, to hit the over. So I'll go over 48 minus 112. Bears Bengals. Now I was all over the Bengals early in the week. It was what I think it was a three. Was it two and a half, three, three and a half? But now the line has moved all the way down to one as of recording this podcast, at least in my sports book. So all the way down to one. I have to back the Bears. I hate it. I don't like betting on the Bears, but I am going to back them this week. A minus one 
pretty juiced, minus 128. I didn't buy any points. This is what my sportsbook had on that. So minus one at minus 128. I just have to plug my nose and take the Bears here. I think this is a spot that you want to not overreact to week one. Because let's not forget, the Bears just played a top five team in the NFL last week. They played the Rams on Sunday Night Football. And even though the score kind of got out of hand a little bit, they were fine at times. They had a couple of... David Montgomery looked actually uh, pretty solid against uh, uh, the Rams defense. And now he's facing, in my opinion, one of the worst run defenses in, in the NFL. Although they didn't show that in week one. They did a decent job containing Delvin Cook. Um, now the Bengals just beat the Vikings in overtime, but they, the Bengals are still one of the worst teams in the NFL. So I think the line movement is an overreaction to week one results. And week two is all about not overreacting to week one. Everyone wants to put a lot of stock into what happened in week one. It's one game. Circumstances are weird. Things happen. Don't overreact to week one. I think this is a classic overreaction spot. Everyone jumping on the Bengals. Give me the Bears minus one, minus 128. Not great juice, but that's what it was. Raiders against Steelers. I did want to pick... I was tempted to take the Raiders as my under uh, underdog money line of the week. I didn't. I'm just going to take the spread because even though I don't mind the Raiders money line, I love Raiders at plus 5.5 because I do think it's going to be a somewhat close game here. I think plus 5.5 is too big. Um, I feel so much more comfortable with the 5.5 points. So I am just going to take them on the spread. I'll get a little bit more aggressive with some other money lines later in the season, but with this early in the season, it's tough to kind of get too aggressive on some money line underdogs. Um, but I'll just take Raiders in the points here, five and a half. My prediction about the Raiders on Monday Night Football held true. They aren't as bad as people think. Their offense is very good. People love to shit on Derek Carr, even at halftime against the Ravens. I was looking at Twitter. You saw tweets, people shitting on Derek Carr, saying Marcus Mariota should have been in there. And then Derek Carr went on to throw the most passing yards of all quarterbacks in week one with 435 passing yards. And he did it against the best scoring defense in the league last year. And then meanwhile, the Steelers' offense, they were shit against Buffalo. Terrible, as it predicted they would be. They needed a blocked punt touchdown to beat the Bills. Now, to be fair, their defense did look phenomenal, but they all, we all knew that they would. So what this game really is, it's a good offense against a good defense, and then on the other side is a bad offense against a bad defense. So I think it is going to be a close one. I'm kind of sticking with my preseason predictions, and that's what I'm going to do in a lot of these games because I'm not trying to put too much stock into week one. I'm sticking to a lot of my thoughts about these teams preseason, and I still think the Raiders are better than most people think, and I think the Steelers are worse than most people think. So give me the Raiders at plus 5.5, minus 107. Next up, we got Bills Dolphins. I'm with the public on this one because the public is on the Bills here. I'm going Bills minus 3.5, minus 110 against the Dolphins. New Year, same Dolphins. They won their first game of the season against the Patriots last week, and they won it in the same way that they won all of their games last season. They got outgained by the Patriots 393 yards to 259. So almost the Patriots gained almost 150 more yards against them. But just like last season, when this would happen every on, on so many games last season, the Patriots lost and the Dolphins won because the Patriots had two absolutely costly fumbles at the perfect time that ended up giving the Dolphins the win. I kept fading the Dolphins last year because I, uh, this is what would happen in almost every single game. They get outgained, but a few costly turnovers at the perfect time gave them the win. We saw the same thing in week one. I, I think there is an element of luck to it. As much as Dolphins don't want me, don't want to hear me say that, I think, I mean... The, the the running backs have to have to like it's part of it's their own fault for not holding uh, onto the ball in most cases. 
And then I'm not going to try to overreact to the Bills' poor, poor performance against the Steelers. I do think the Bills run away with this one. I think they are going to be a big-time public play, but I think the Dolphins are exactly who I thought they were. They got oak-gained by the Patriots. They got lucky with a few costly fumbles, especially that one right there at the end. I'll take Bills minus 3.5, minus 110. I'm going to take the Rams minus 4, minus 105 against the Colts. I don't really have too much to say about this one. I'm riding with the Rams for a while here. I still think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. My only question mark heading into the season was whether or not Matthew Stafford was going to live up to the expectations, and he certainly did in week one. He looked fantastic. And then meanwhile, Carson Wentz did not. Their offense looked stagnant, couldn't score against the Seahawks, looked bad kind of when they got in field goal range, when they had chances to score touchdowns, I couldn't put the ball in the, uh, in the end zone. I might be, be overreacting to week one results in this one um, and live to regret it, but at the same time, my preseason thoughts were the Rams are one of the best teams in the NFL. So give me the Rams minus four, minus 105. I would set this line at five and a half or six. So with it at four, give me the Rams. Eagles. I am going to back them plus three at even money against the 49ers at home. Uh, what happened to the 49ers defense everyone was hyping up in the offseason? Jared Goff and the Detroit Lions, who was supposed to be the worst team in the NFL, just put up 430 yards of offense against them. Now, I know most of those came in garbage time, so who knows? Maybe the defense just went into, into prevent defense. I didn't sit down and kind of watch the film of that entire game. Um, but whether or not that's the case, they still gave up 430 yards to Jared Goff in the Detroit Lions defense. They allowed the Lions all the way back into the game, and then the Lions were like 25 yards away and a two-point conversion away from tying the game. So that's not a good sign. Now, that could have been an anomaly game for sure. But if the end, if the line was below the magic number of three, I probably would take the 49ers here, but it's at three. The Eagles are at home. I'm going to take them here. Jalen Hurts looked awesome. I'm sticking to my preseason prediction that he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the NFL. And then also the Eagles defense held the Falcons to only six points. It is the Falcons. I'll get to them here in a second, but still. Eagles defense looked very good. 49ers defense did not. Eagles are getting three points. The magic number of three. They're at home. I think the 49ers were a tad overhyped heading into the season. I still think that the Eagles are a tad, you know, underrated heading into the season. I'll take the Eagles to cover here. Then we have Broncos, Jaguars. You know what I'm going to do here. I'm going to take Broncos minus six, minus 107. Teddy fucking covers. Teddy Bridgewater, his win and cover against the Giants last week, now makes him 37 and 15 against the spread as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Now, I don't generally like backing trends, but this one is just too fun. I have to keep backing it. 37 and 15 against the spread as a start. He might be one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time, next to Matt Ryan. Also, Trevor Lawrence looked bad in week one. I said in my preseason podcast, I don't think he's as good as his hype, especially now for the first time literally in his life that he doesn't have a loaded team around him. Urban Meyer doesn't belong in the NFL. There's already turmoil in that locker room. There's rumors that Urban Meyer might take the USC coaching job. They got their asses kicked by the fucking Texans last week. All over the Broncos here. Um... It's... I mean, I'm just... I'm, 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 not, I'm gonna fade the shitty Jaguars, and I just... I can't keep myself from, from backing uh, Teddy Covers. The Teddy Covers 37-15 against the spread. If he covers the spread here this week, he'll be 38-15. He belongs in the Sports Betting Hall of Fame. Now, the Jaguars and Falcons play each other later on the season. I think it's like week 12 or something. Loser of that fucking toilet bowl game will get the number one overall pick next year. 
No two teams looked worse in week one than the Falcons and Jaguars, but more on the Falcons here in a second. We got Patriots and Jets. I'm going under 42 at minus 110 here. Um, I'm glad that I can bet on totals because if I was betting spreads, I'd have to take the Jets at plus six, and I almost did, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's right, I can just... I can." bet on the under instead and I do actually like the under quite a bit in this game Jets defense actually wasn't bad in week one against the Panthers 381 yards against which tied the Colts for the 14th for uh, the 14th fewest yards in the NFL so pretty average but not bad Patriots defense allowed only 259 yards against the Dolphins that was the fifth fewest in the NFL and then you have Bill Belichick game planning against a rookie quarterback in his second ever start I can't imagine Zach Wilson's going to have a big game especially considering the Jets offense only got 4.2 yards per play against the Panthers which was the third lowest amount in the NFL in week one the Patriots game plan on offense was very conservative uh, against the Dolphins. Belichick isn't making Mac Jones do anything crazy, not tossing any bombs, and not going to be throwing the ball all over the field. Now, they were 16th in yards per play at 5.6, but still, it's not going to be, at least for the first few, few weeks, it's going to be a pretty conservative offensive game plan to kind of ease Mac Jones into things. So I think it's going to be a controlled game. I like the under 42 at minus 110. Then we have Vikings-Cardinals. This line actually... so. What's interesting about this game is the line opened up at four and a half. Everyone jumped on the Cardinals, and then the line moved down to three and a half. So some major, major reverse line movement in this one, where even though all the money's on one side, the line moves the opposite way. That tells me that sharps are all over the Vikings on the, uh, in this game, and I agree with them. This is a classic. Don't overreact to week one spot. Classic. Cardinals offense and defense looked unstoppable. They looked like the best team in the NFL last week. But they play the Titans, who I've said were the biggest frauds in the league heading into this year, especially the Titans defense. And then he had the Vikings, who had a rough game against a not-so-great Bengals team. Still managed to make the comeback and force overtime. Couldn't get the win, though. Um, I think they will have a lot better outcome this week. The line is still above that magic number of three. It's at three and a half. I'm going to take the Vikings here. And like I said, if you if you're basing this off week one performance and maybe you should I don't know then the Cardinals are the obvious pick but I think this is the classic picture perfect example of not overreacting to week one results I think it's going to be a very close game I will take the Vikings at plus three and a half juice on that is minus 110 then the Buccaneers Falcons so I wrote an article about the Falcons today it said the the title was the Atlanta Falcons are the worst team in the NFL um, unfucking believable my Atlanta Falcons. Now I'm saying all this, I'm going to go watch them play live next week against the Giants, which is probably going to be, which is a toilet bowl of a game, but it'll be my first time watching my Falcons. But holy shit, are they fucking bad. Jalen Mayfield, their guard, was given a grade of 1.4 out of 100 in pass blocking by Pro Football Focus. That is the lowest grade ever given to a starting offensive lineman. The Falcons as a whole had the league's worst pass-blocking efficiency in the NFL as per PFF. Matt Ryan was not responsible for a single sack, hurry, or pressure that he faced. Now, this is why during the draft, Falcons Falcons fans hate Matt Ryan, which I'll never get. Makes no sense. Former MVP, took us to a Super Bowl. Um, his, if you just look at his numbers, he has he's right up there with some of the best NFL quarterbacks of all time. Everyone was calling for them to draft Justin Fields in the draft. They went with Kyle Pitts, and then I was like the quiet guy in the corner begging them to take an offensive line. You need to have a good... If you don't have a good offensive line, everything else is fucking useless. Jalen Mayfield was given a grade of 1.4 out of 100. 
Imagine taking a test in school and you got 1.4% on it. How are you that fucking bad? And then on defense, the right side of the field got torched. A.J. Terrell, he's a solid corner for them. He did well in the left side of the field. The right side of the uh, field, you know who their starting corner is? Fabian Moreau. Ever heard of him? Nope, didn't think so. Their safeties are Deron Harmon and Eric Harris. Like, what the fuck is this team? They stink. They can't do anything well. Jalen Hurts tore them up. Just completely targeted the right side of the field. That's where he got the majority of his completions. So if Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense did that against the Falcons defense, what is Tom Brady and the defending Super Bowl champions going to do? They might score 80 points against the Falcons on Sunday. Truly. I hate taking double-digit spreads in the NFL, but this is one of my favorite bets of the week. Buccaneers, well, not I shouldn't say favorites because I hate doing it. I have to bet against my least favorite NFL player against my favorite NFL team of all time. But Buccaneers, minus 12.5, minus 104 against Falcons. They're going to fucking crush them. The Falcons only scored six points on offense against the Eagles. What are they? How, how many are they going to score against the Buccaneers? The Buccaneers are going to win this game 52-0. Unbelievable. Buccaneers minus 12 and a half. <laughs> oh, do I hate the Falcons. Blue Jays are in a playoff spot, so at least I got one of my teams are, are half decent. Uh, Seahawks, Titans. I'm going to take Seahawks minus five and a half, minus 110 here against the Titans. You know how I feel about this Titans team. One of the worst defenses in the NFL. I was preaching it all offseason, and then the Cardinals went out and put up 416 yards against them. Now, to be fair, I didn't expect their offense to be as bad as they were. They were, I think, I think they gained the fewest yards offensively of all teams last uh, last week. Um, but now they play against the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, which is like the same matchup as they had last week. you got a mobile quarterback who has absolute weapons at wideout. If the Titans got torched by the Cardinals offense, I don't see how they don't get torched by the Seahawks. So give me Seattle in the same spot. I'm going to continue to fade the Titans. Seahawks minus 5.5, minus 110. Next up, we got money line underdog alert. Moneyline underdog alert. Cowboys plus 155 against the Chargers. Now, this is an extremely square and public underdog bet, but it is the only one that, that I like this week whatsoever. Tough week for Moneyline underdogs. Obviously, there's going to be a handful of them that are going to win, but as far as finding one that I really liked, I couldn't. So I'm going to take the Cowboys because I don't really love anything in this game, to be honest. I think the spread is set kind of right. I think the, the over-under is set kind of right. So let's take a shot. Cowboys money line here. Dak looked incredible. The Cowboys are coming off an extended week because they played last Thursday. So a little bit extra rest, a little bit more time to game plan. Um, Chargers look great against Washington too, though. So who knows? I mean, this is this is a complete coin flip of a game in my opinion. This is not one that I'm going to give out as one of my best bets of the week. But I will. I'm just going to go Cowboys. Just give me the money line Cowboys and, and let's see what happens. If I'm if it's a coin flip, then just give me the fucking Cowboys. And, and if they win, then that's a plus 155 winner. So I'm sorry, but that's that's all I got for you. Uh, Ravens Chiefs Sunday Night Football here. Ravens. I'm going to back the Ravens plus three and a half minus 110 against the Chiefs. I was on the Chiefs um, up until right before I locked in my bet. To be honest, until I looked into it more closely. So if you listen to any of my radio or podcast appearances early in the week. I might have gave out Chiefs, um, but I don't lock in my bets until Wednesday night before I hit record. And once I looked into it, I could have backed the Ravens here. I didn't realize that the Chiefs uh, gave up the most, um, second most yards uh, in week one. Actually, the two defenses that gave up the most yards in week one were the Ravens and Chiefs, which is just uh, mind-blowing. 
<laughs> Those were the two worst defenses in, in week one, Chiefs and Ravens. The defending AFC champion and the best scoring defense in the NFL last year were the two worst defenses in week one. Um, but which one has a better chance of bouncing back this week? I think it's got to be the Ravens defense. Also, it's important to note that in week one, the Chiefs allowed 5.9 yards per carry against the Browns. Worse than the NFL. I will say that again because it is significant. The Chiefs allowed 5.9 yards per carry against the Browns. Now they face Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, which is the number one best rushing offense in the NFL. So if you can't stop the Browns giving up 5.9 yards per carry, good luck stopping Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. But it is going to be fascinating to watch these defenses, see if kind of last week was an anomaly for the two of them. Will either of them bounce back? Will will neither of them bounce back? The total's at 55.5, which the over's probably the play there, but it's a bit too high for me to want to take a shot at. Um, I'll take the Ravens plus 3.5. You're getting it, uh, you know, half a point above that magic number of three. It's probably going to be a shootout that comes down to whoever has the ball last. Uh, Ravens are at home too. That should help them out a little bit. I think they bounce back after that 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 tough loss to the Raiders. I'll take the Ravens plus three and a half, minus one ten against the Chiefs on Sunday Night Football, which then leads me to the final pick of NFL Week Two, and that is Lions Packers. I'm looking at the total and I'm going over forty eight at minus one twelve. Now I am a little bit surprised that this totals in the forties. It's probably because the Packers only scored three points last week. Um, but the Lions defense got torched by the 49ers. Now their best defensive player, Jeff Okuda, is out with an injury. So the Lions have nobody on defense. I think the Packers are going to come out firing. I think they're going to score 30-plus points. If the Lions manage to put up like 14, 17 points, that might be enough for this over to hit. And they did put up 430 yards last week against what was supposed to be an extremely good 49ers defense. I'm staying away from the spread. Everyone's going to jump on the Packers, and probably rightfully so. But that double-digit spread scares me, always scares me in the NFL. We saw last week, teams are good enough in the NFL. Once defenses kind of back off a little bit, teams have chances to come back and get the backdoor cover, especially when it hits double digits. That scares me. I hate taking double-digit favorites, so I will take the over instead, over 48, minus 112. So there you have it. I will quickly recap these picks here. Washington Giants under 40 and a half minus 108 Saints minus 3 minus 125 against the Panthers Texans Browns over 48 minus 112 Bears minus 1 minus 128 against the Bengals Raiders plus 5 and a half minus 107 against the Steelers Bills minus 3 and a half minus 110 against the Dolphins Rams minus 4 minus 105 against the Colts Eagles plus 3 at even money against the 49ers Broncos minus 6 minus 107 against the Jaguars Raiders Jets under 42 minus 110 Vikings plus 3.5 minus 110 against the Cardinals Buccaneers minus 12.5 minus 104 against the Falcons Seahawks minus 5.5 minus 110 against the Titans Cowboys plus 155 on the money line against the Chargers Ravens plus 3.5 minus 110 against the Chiefs Lions, Packers, over 48, minus 112. Now, what I am going to do is finish off with my five best bets. I didn't do this last week. I meant to. I apologize. A few people reached out wanting to know what my five best bets were. I gave them out. Um, I th- think I went four and one because I think I put the Vikings as one of my top picks, but then I hit the other four. So here are my five of the 16 bets. If you don't want to tail every single one, and of course you don't want to, that'd be ridiculous to do what I'm doing. If you want five, here they are, and they are in order of my favorite to least favorite of the five. Saints minus three is my favorite pick. Then I got Raiders plus five and a half. Patriots, Jets under 42. Bucks minus 12 and a half against Falcons. And then Lions, Packers over 48. So those are my top five picks in order. 
That's it. That's all I got. This was the NFL Week 2 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's have another one. Let's at least have a nice, solid, profitable week. Am I going to go 13-3 again? Almost definitely not. Um, but let's just let's stay solid. Let's have like a nice, solid, you know, 10-6, 11-5 week. Let's do it. Best of luck to all your bets, whether you tail these picks, fade these picks, middle of a mix of both. Hopefully some of this information at least give you gave you uh, guys a little bit more insight. Good luck. I'll talk to you all next week. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.